Hello, thanks for tuning in. This is Five Questions with Steve Moulter. That's me. Uh, Gatamba Sela Gita is a product designer who's worked with Google, Apple, Nike, American Express, among many other influential entities. He's also a tech lover, a 90s film fan, which you'll hear as we get into the interview, and uh, a genuinely a gracious and kind-hearted guy. Uh, he invited me over to his place just outside of Boston where he talks a lot about his surviving cancer uh, as a teenager and how that was actually relatively easy compared to reassimilating back into life after surviving cancer. Uh, his adoration of his parents, how we're limited by our human dimensions, his fear of the end of the world, and how he's learning to dig into his vulnerability as a black man in America. Oh yeah, and, and he totally answered five questions, of course. Meet Katamba. I guess we'll just dive in to questions, because why not? Let's do it. Um, and I'm going to start with the easy stuff. Uh, what's the most difficult thing you've ever had to do? The real easy answer yeah. would be surviving cancer. Okay. That's the easy answer. That that And, and honestly, like when I say, hear myself say it, I, I, I hope I don't like disrespect anybody who's battling it now or has battled it, but... Looking back, I had cancer when I was 16. I'm in my 30s now, so it's like, you know, a little over a decade ago. Going through that was easy. Uh, living is really hard mm-hmm. after something like that. And I think for me every day, trying to live the best life after feeling like you were suffering, after feeling like you were being poisoned, after feeling like you're having your world robbed from you after feeling like at 16 you have accomplished nothing. <laughs> um, so what are you gonna leave behind? You're 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 instantaneously sort of like brought to this place where like I think we talked about it a little earlier and before we started recording like what's important? Yeah. So. Like I, I, I still haven't answered your question. So cancer was easy, <laughs> right? But well, the, I, I, yeah. wait, real quick though, I, I'm curious because you said something that I felt when I went through my stroke thing, which was like that process of like being in the hospital and like being at the, you know, I felt like I was like, oh shit, I could die. Like that was not, it wasn't hard for me. I felt like it was all right, but like it was the aftermath. You said it just a minute ago. You know, living was hard. Right. Like surviving cancer was easy, but living was hard. And I felt a similar thing. And I was thinking about that in the shower this morning for some reason. And like, I could go through that again. And I would, I, I feel like I would be like, all right, like I'm at Zen peace in that moment when I'm like, oh, maybe I'm going to die today. Um, but the days after were like, oh, fuck, you know, back to normal. What the hell is normal anymore? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? That's uh, honestly, you articulated it beautifully. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't have said it better. Cause I think, after something like that, I couldn't, everything was getting the cancer uh, lens, you know, yeah. like, oh, chicken, but this could be the last chicken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. Like every, and like, and also I think to some extent, um, everybody in my life was also getting like the cancer lens. Yeah. Like everyone was getting the 16 year old boy who was in the hospital by himself, losing his hair, mm. going through chemo by himself some days, you know, being in the hospital with other kids. Mm. I went to an amazing hospital in Connecticut, um, with an amazing doctor, uh, a shout out to Eileen Gillen, one an amazing oncologist over at CCMC in Connecticut. Um, like everything you described, like my, I come from a very disciplined household. 
I come from a very like, you know, regimented household, like somewhere where like we we don't like chaos, you know, um, and because both my parents, I, I, I consider them ultimate designers, but they're not designers. I'm a designer, but my mm-hmm. parents, one's an economist, the other's a sociologist um, by training. But like, that's not what they do today. Uh, they do a lot more stuff other than being my rad parents. But the hospital is a sequence of events that are repeated. So the hospital is predictable. Mm-hmm. The hospital is you're being getting your vitals checked every couple hours. The hospital is three square meals a day. The hospitals is round visits from, you know, interns and your resident. You know, the hospital is the same kind people trying to make you feel better. The world is fucking crazy, bro. Yeah. Fucking when you nice. leave that comfort zone of knowing that, like, you're going to maybe survive this motherfucker. But the rest of the world is going to come at you every day yeah. with some sort of bullshit. And for me, I think sometimes I forget that, like, I'm aging past the process of, like, coping and remembering all of that. But I'm still 16 years old sometimes. Mm. I think I'm still. And the, and when people cross me or people meet me for the first time, they're meeting 16-year-old Gatamba sometimes. Yeah, they're meeting that kid who's, like, hungry for the new Thursday record. And back then, that was, like, waiting for, like full collapse to come out with something better and that ended up being war all the time <laughs> and that was and i love the guys on thursday they're like my brothers and so like that record was amazing another record i listened like crazy during that time was at the drive-ins in relationship of command yeah. my god <laughs> it felt like i was listening especially at a time when like you know the internet was like not even a thing yet man like so we were going from like zine cultures if you can remember Absolutely. that to all of a sudden kids had blogs yeah totally myspaces yeah. and uh, blog spots and zangas yeah. and live journals so i was on the internet dealing with my loneliness being in the hospital and i was also learning how like i was falling in love with what started off as graphic design and like that's what i started to learn first but yeah. like that's not what i do anymore either 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 (laughs) um but yeah bro like the hospital was a predictable state of procedures and protocols that's an interesting point i had never thought of it that way and yeah and hospitals are the same everywhere they're protocols right right right. they're they're sequence of events and from scientific knowledge of how to treat the knowns and how to encounter the known unknowns yes so in in both their cases in my case i'm in medical journals because yeah. the things cool. that they had to do to save my life were bleeding edge technology wow i had something called osteosarcoma in my right knee mm-hmm. and the and my dad's a doctor not a medical doctor he's a doctor of veterinary medicine mm-hmm. a doctor of economics and he holds a masters in public health oh no joke yeah right, so real deal. and i am a college <laughs> dropout <laughs> Hey, me too, man. Nice. Yeah, man. Um, So uh, a very smart man in my life, my dad. And my mom is just an incredible spiritual force. So I had really great parents. I'm one of four siblings. I'm the Uh, oldest. Yeah, yeah. I have three younger siblings. Actually, four younger siblings, if I count my adopted cousin, who's basically my fifth sibling. (laughs) Um, And so um, I had a lot of great support. And they felt like home. So no matter what was going on in the chaos, they felt like home. But the other kind of home I was developing at the time was this like teledistance home of people who were into the things that I was falling in love with. Mm. People that were into anime, design, music, technology, fashion. Uh, The internet was allowing me to connect with all these different types of people all over the world. And this is dial-up internet. This is internet where I had to get up 
walk to it, connect to it, and then I had to hear a sequence of tones and rings and buzzes. And then I was greeted oh by a machine God. that would tell me that I was online yes. and that I had mail. Yes. And if, if you're old enough to remember what I'm describing, <laughs> you know what I'm describing. And if you're not old enough, I sound like a crazy man. Yes. <laughs> because yes. that was the internet. And I was addicted to it yeah. back then. Yeah. And I had a lot of great ways of escaping my reality at the time, which was that like my hair was falling out. Wow. I was losing weight. I was having uh, basically my body destroyed chemically mm -hmm. so that they could fight this tumor and then at one point the surgery came along and thank god uh my dad again um the doctors the doctor who was treating me said like the ultimate thing here is like relieving you of pain mm. because what we need to do is remove it and the ways we can remove it are amputating you wow. and my dad was like i'm a man of science and i'm a man of faith you're not taking my boy's leg so we did the radical next gen thing mm -hmm. because if you know one of the Kennedy boys had my kind of cancer and okay. that's what they used to do. Wow! They would cut off just your leg. Just take it. Just Damn. take it. And the thing is, my kind of cancer also happens in your shoulder bones. Okay. In your jaw, it's a it's a it's a very early onset disease that happens to people who are growing wow. because it happens in what are described as the long bones, the bones in your body that are constantly generating and regenerating because you're growing. Wow. And sometimes that generating and regrowing process in your body goes awry and you might have a tumor to develop because your body was just, you know, basically your computer, yeah. your computer yeah. and your quantum computer, right. not a PC. It's like when I say computer, I don't mean the MacBook in front of us. Right. I mean the kinds of computers that uh, IBM and around the corner here at MIT, computers that are trying not to process using binary, which is one and zero, mm -hmm. but using quantum bits. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to go too much into it because that turns into a science lesson, yeah. but <laughs> you are a walking, breathing quantum computer. And sometimes your DNA can go awry and you get tumors. And sometimes, you know, you're also a giant sensor. Mm -hmm. Think about all the ways you sense the world, not just your five senses, but the senses that you don't even know about. So, you know, sometimes, you know, through the luck of the draw, the cosmic dice, if you will, you might be growing really quickly like I was and might develop a tumor in your legs. And um, I was a very active sports kid. I, I, I did martial arts. I wrestled. I played lacrosse for a little bit. I did soccer. So I, I, I was pretty seasoned with dealing with pain. Yeah. But this kind of pain just seemed wrong. And no matter how much I felt like I could escape it, it kept coming back. So eventually... After one misdiagnosis of it being just like, you know, oh, growing pain, yeah, it was totally. finally spotted as a tumor. Wow. And I start, and that was 16 and like that's 15 years ago now. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, it's like the hospital was predictable. I can go to the hospital every day, bro. Yeah, totally. Bro. I could be and like I love hospitals. I love academic hospitals. So I, I go to I love Tufts here. My dad is actually a professor at Tufts University's Veterinary School of Medicine. Um, and he works overseas for them. And he does a lot of other types of work for the United States Agriculture and Industrial, like the USIAD. Okay. I don't know what those like acronyms yeah, yeah. stands for. We'll Google it. <laughs> but my dad has also like done work for a lot of government agencies. And a lot of what his dream has really been is about bringing the 7 billion of us who aren't on the grid yet online. Yeah, that's amazing. And I sell sugar water to children. <laughs> hey, you know, it's got to come from somewhere. Hey man, that's... somehow I got to pay for this lavish lifestyle. So, yeah, you know, man. The Ikea couch and everything. You know, I, I can't, you know, I, you know, these, you know, but the thing is the lifestyle does have some very expensive pieces hiding. I believe it. Yeah, but well, I don't I mean, talk I, about that. When yeah. we met the other yeah. day, you had the the goggles. Oh yeah, the, my the Snapchat, whole, spectacles. Snapchat yes, spectacles. Yeah, man. And it was like, There's a lot I was of just toys like, here. what? And yeah. then I, we got on Instagram and I was following like what was going on. I was just like, 
so over my head. There's yeah. just so many things out there that are so over my head. And I love that because that's why I'm so excited to talk to you. Yeah. And just to get to know you. Because For there's sure, like, bro. What do you know that I don't know? I yeah. want to know some stuff that yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no. You know? I, uh, I'm, so I'm a huge, so my father was a technology. He's a, my dad's a gadget guy. Every, mm-hmm. every, per, every family has a gadget dad. Mm-hmm. My dad is a gadget dad, <laughs> but my dad was a gadget dad about the stuff that just was like bleeding edge. Mm. So even in the early 80s, my dad was on the internet. No shit. You know, my dad was on the internet and he was doing like serious work on the internet yeah. and he was like using the internet to talk to other people other academics using the internet. Uh, my first exposure to the internet was living in the Colorado in the 90s and our library and our teacher set up a pen pal with another school. Mm. So it was my first encounter with email. Cool. So like, and and I was just, all, my dad also like, I remember like in the early 90s, 1995, my dad bought a computer with a video card that could let you plug cable into it. No so way. I was able to watch TV on a computer. Whoa. So like growing Dude, up, my nice. dad was always just trying to keep us on the bleeding edge of technology. Good for and him. And I don't know why. And I think like my dad isn't like a tech buff. That's the thing. If you meet my dad, he's not some sort of tech guru. <laughs> yeah. He just likes really good technology. Yeah. He yeah, had yeah, a yeah. really good taste and a really good prescient sense of what the next thing was going to be. And so I grew up always sort of adjacent to like, Either, and even this is even when I was younger, I was one of the first kids in Africa to have a Nintendo. What? I was one of the first kids in Africa to watch Dragon Ball Z. And this is in 80, like, like you know, 87, 88, 89, 90. Like, yeah. I was always on the cutting edge of culture and technology, not by default because I, like, I was trying, but because my parents were just culture buffs. Yeah, that's They sweet. were like, and so, and they don't know themselves as culture buffs. Right. They're just my parents. Right, they just do the things that they like to do, right? Yeah, and I think there was like, and the the thing that's so funny is like, I can give it a name now because that's what I do for a living, give these sort of (laughs) cultural movements names and then identify them and then do a lot of work to make sure that you keep buying things Mm. sometimes. (laughs) Um, But looking back now, you know, that's how you connect the dots. It's just my parents loved culture Mm. and culture for them was technology, travel, art, food, family, community. And of all walks of life, my mom cooks pierogies, bro. Nice. Straight up, bro. You, my mom cooks like, like my mom can cook you a general salad. My mom is a culinary institution unto herself, bro. <laughs> That's sick, um, dude. <laughs> and like, I just, I just like, I took that for granted, I think for some time, or I didn't understand it at other times, but like. That's like that was the background I came from, and so now, man, I like it, it's funny in in meeting you, you were playing part in something I'm developing and thinking about more. Is that like what happens now that we're removing a lot of our, our antique, antiquated ways of growing up? Yeah, totally. We don't grow up the same way anymore, no, bro. We don't, Absolutely. and that's the thing that's going over our heads. You're you're meeting. I'm the guy with the model T. You're the horse. Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting way to put it. <laughs> Drink up some of that fine Italian spring sparkling Beautiful water, bro. Stuff. I brought I brought you the nice stuff, bro. Not, Whoa, not nothing cheap, bro. Whole nothing Foods cheap, bro. Italian sparkling. Yeah, bro. We live in that Amazon whole fresh <laughs> life, you know. We're we're branded in this household. Love it. <laughs> um, how do you define being in love? Wow. The, the easy question. Wow, man. I like you. I like you. 
you you uh, you come you come you came to the right place. You came to the right man. You guys can't see this, but we're also enemy of the state is playing in the background. Will Smith, Gene Hackman, speaking of the nineties, cameos from uh, Jamie Kennedy. Oh my uh, god, cameos from Scott Kahn. Oh, yeah, Scott Kahn. yeah, cameo. It is a bevy of some of the weirdest actors you're yeah. ever going to see, but it calms me down to watch this. You're saying sometimes you feel lost, but. <laughs> Uh, in technology, I feel lost sometimes too, bro. And it gets scary. It gets really scary for me. So I watch Enemy of the State yes. with Will Smith. Yes. <laughs> but your question is like, what what is it to fall in love? Or how do you define being in love? How do you? It's your your bank account gets messed up. You don't sleep right. You start eating funny. You dress better. Um, uh, like uh, you start feel you start empathizing with human beings a yeah, lot more. Right. The future becomes confusing and clear all at the same time. You sweat often. You like you know you might you know you gain twenty pounds, lose twenty pounds. I think what I'm describing is it's like love is biological, bro. Mm-hmm. I think, but it's also like literary. And I think that's what it is, man. Like when you're in love, like your heart sings mm. and, and you make arts, you, you look at the world differently, you eat better. I think it's, and it's, and it's because you're releasing oxytocin in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's, it's a, it's a biological chemical reaction. It's pheromones, it's, it's sights, it's sounds. So, I mean, it's the great equation that some of the greatest minds in the world have tried to describe. And they, and it's not just been like love as in like a heart. It's been like someone's love created cities. Yeah. Someone's love created, you know, your shirt. Yeah. Someone's love made music today. That's going to make you get through the day. Like, I think it's hard to describe it because, you know, we, we see the benefits and the outcomes of love every day, but we rarely understand its output. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Have you been in love? Constantly, bro. Yeah. It's hard. I fall in and out of love every day. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm constantly falling in and out of love every day. Like, and it's, I don't know why. I think that's why I enjoy the process because I think falling in love helps me see things in a new way. It connects me in a, in a way that I think there's different types of love. Yeah. There you go. Maybe that's the best way to okay. think about it. I think there's like that love you have for your friends, that love you have for your family, that love you have for your partner that love you have for your job, you know? So I fall in love every day, bro. Like, yeah. because I'm looking at things that are trying to say something to me and connect with me every day. And it might be a person, it might be an object, it might be a sound, a texture, it might be a material. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of what I do for a living, that's why I'm describing all these different shapes and sounds. Right. It might be a, a process that I fall in love with because right. I, you know, I go to the bank and then they just make something so easy for me. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, bro, that was yes. delicious. Yeah. Thank God, you. I just fell in love. <laughs> I'll do this every day. Yeah, um, totally. so yeah, it's a lot of that. So like, I'm, I, as you can tell, I'm a very, like I, I can empathize really easily. Mm-hmm. I'm a, um, and it, it's a great skill set for the job. Um, and yeah, but like, yeah, like just falling in love is a process. It's a chemical and a physical process, and um, and when you unpackage it, it's, you, you get all the things we're describing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, What is something you don't currently know, but you feel compelled to know before you die? Fuck, bro. That's, um, is alchemy real? If you're asking me, I have no idea. Yeah. 
So <laughs> when, how, how are you going to discover that? How are you going to figure that out? I'll rip a black hole in the face of reality, bro. <laughs> like that's the only way I want to know if this is real or not. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm so I'm enamored. I am, I am awash with wanting to find out if, if there's more to our ability to see reality than we're capable of right now because mm-hmm. we're limited by our human senses. Because imagine you were a bat mm-hmm. or an antelope or a giraffe. They don't perceive the world in three dimensions, or maybe they perceive the world in 17 dimensions. Who the fuck knows? Bro? Right. We've never mapped their brains and seen how they react to like taxes. Right. You know, like <laughs> I haven't done my taxes. That's Bad my taxes. reminder to do shit. your taxes. Everyone go do your taxes. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah, bro. Like do, <laughs> the IRS is like the last people you want to fuck with. Like, like I'm like dead serious. Do not fuck with the IRS. Like, um, but the thing I really want to know is like because I've experienced the trauma of death and I've seen death, you know, I'm, I really want to know, like, are we the only ones out here? Mm. Like, I mean, I get the, the reverence that people have for spiritual religions and like, be it the rebirth in some religions or the finality in others, or just like the complete give a fuck about it in others. You know, I don't care. They're going to totally. put me in the ground. I don't, I'm not here to preach to you what you need to believe. But I'm really curious, bro. Yeah. Like, where is everyone? Yeah, like, <laughs> totally, man. Like, where is everyone? Like, it's called the Fermi paradox. Yeah, There's absolutely. a name for it. Yeah, Hell yeah. Uh, if there's one thing I want to know right now, and like, what I'm really like interested in is like, get off this rock and figure out if we're alone, because mm-hmm. that's sort of the that's the great test of our peer to peer kind of like if it's really like that. I, and, I, and the reason I think I'm really enamored by it is because like, if we were to meet other people capable of our level of like consciousness and that's what i'm gonna call it Mm -hmm. um because octopuses have consciousness too and we don't and we eat them um and i'm not here to say don't eat meat bro i'm a (laughs) i'm not a vegetarian i'm i'm an apex predator man i've had a turducken um i've eaten animals inside of other animals i am the peak apex predator there's no question about it but i'm very curious that in the event we were to be visited or to meet other people who are just as you know, on the level as we are. Like, what the fuck would we do? Like, because it would throw everything we know into disorder. Absolutely. And that's like the kind of chaos that I am like hungry for Mm -hmm. these days, bro. I'm looking for a way to equalize humanity so that we can focus on the hard problems. And the hard problems are like, this rock is a finite resource and we don't know how to get off of it yet. Well, you mentioned, we talked before about how, you know, getting close into cancer, getting into my stroke, right? Having that moment of like, holy shit, the, you discover the only thing that matters. Like humanity has to have one of those like reckonings, right? Yeah. And it's like, it sounds like that's what you're talking about. It's like, if exactly. we see somebody else, like if Elon Musk succeeds and his roadster gets to Mars and there's like little whatever the fuck there, holy shit, like what a, what you're, a moment. You're thinking about that in like immediate, man. Like yeah. go to Geneva, go to yeah. CERN. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, They built yeah. the like, so the Large Hadron Collider mm-hmm. is maybe the largest instrument that humanity has ever built like to do a, to, to do a task. And we think, and I think I, because I work in product design, I'm a tool maker. I mm-hmm. make tools for people mm-hmm. uh, or I make products that are tools that for people to do something. And so- if you think about what the Large Hadron Collider is, what the like, I, like so the iPhone is a device that we've never made before. Mm-hmm. There's never been a multi-purpose tool like this that's replaced like your MacBook. Like I'm constantly looking at 
us basically going, you remember that tool you used to use? Right. Well, here's the ultimate tool, yeah, Facebook. Totally. Remember that yeah. 17 billion things you used to do to communicate with humanity? Yeah. Here's one tool yeah. to do everything. We're building ultimate tools now. Yeah. We're at the p- point in like humanity's progression that like, our ancestors built the pyramids as ultimate tools to do God knows what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I go to Egypt, stand next to those things and yeah. go, what the Why? fuck were you smoking? Yeah. Like, yeah. like I don't understand, but like God, like God knows you were right. Cause it's still here. Yeah. It's still here. Absolutely. So like, think about all these tools that are being replicated, digitized, miniaturized and, I believe that like, that's just sort of where we are right now. We're seeing humanity go, we can probably leave. But the reason I mentioned the Large Hadron Collider is they're looking for like particle physics, Mm. quantum physics. Mm -hmm. So in that case, we're talking about folding space and time. Man, bro, there are yeah. people who think we can time travel <laughs> yes. by folding yeah. space Event and time. Yeah. I fucking love that movie. Like, that's when I first that's learned MIT, about that. MIT, bro, there's an atomic, like, yeah, we're around, like, we are living in the future every day. And sometimes I get nervous because we are the children of yeah. like a lesser God. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, man. We are the worst gods you could ever imagine. <laughs> and we're trying to be like, hello, the rest of the universe. I don't want to meet the rest of the universe with the way we are today. Yeah. I want to meet them in that utopian mindset that you see in movies where we're like, we are ready, bro. Come visit. Yeah, Cause like, right now they probably visit and go like, uh, nah, bro, we don't want ready. none of this. Well, and part of the Fermi paradox, right? Which is like, they, they know we're here and they just don't want to talk to us. Exactly. Yet, right. Yeah. It's like, mm, I don't nah, know. we're good, bro. You're yeah, not like, ready yeah, yet. Yeah, You're right. not ready for all this sauce, no. bro. You're not ready for all this sauce. You know what we, you won't, you, you'll know when you're ready, you know? And what I think that's, what's happening, man. If, if other people are looking at us going like, I hope those motherfuckers figure it out because we could destroy each other. Mm, we mm-hmm. could destroy, like yeah. that could happen. Oh yeah. And that could be the end. Yeah. And that's the end. Right. It's over. Yep. We're no longer part Oof. of the great Zip. game. Totally. Because I would love to know why we got here. Yeah, I would yeah, love yeah. to know if there's anybody else out there. And I don't and like, and I go study from the greatest minds, the art minds, mm. the design minds, the, mm-hmm. the spiritual minds. I've mm-hmm. talked to, uh, to Buddhist priests. I talked to priests. I talked to, you know, I go, I see them. I go talk to them because I'm like, bro, why do you think we're here? Yeah. Because like I had, you had a stroke. I had cancer. Right. Yo, no one's been back to be like, it's hella rad, bro. <laughs> it's hella rad. So like, if this is it, man, I want to get the fuck off this yeah. rock. Yeah. Fucking A. I just don't get it. Cause everybody's like, oh, let's fight about this. And let's fight about yeah, that. I'm like, bro, bullshit. when it's over, it's over. Yeah. Like, have you been to that cemetery out here, bro? I haven't. No. You got to go. I don't, I forget what it's called. It's here. In, it's one of the, it's in uh, Somerville, not in Somerville. It's that cemetery somewhere out here. We'd have to Google it. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. it's the cemetery that's, it's, 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 it was designed to be a park. Oh shit! Okay, it was it wasn't designed for you just to go bury your dead and yeah. like forget and then them leave them and leave them. <laughs> yeah. It was built for you to come and reflect and walk around. So like, I would love to be like. First of all, I don't know yet how I want to be disposed of when this human form is gone. Okay, because I hope I'm like around when like I don't know Walt Disney's maybe was right and they like you know bring you back. I don't know. <laughs> we don't like that's what I like about the future, bro. We just don't know yet. We right. don't know if we right. can reanimate the dead. Right. Like, we don't know, but like. There are people down the street at MIT trying to see yes. if that's the case. Yes. Um, and that's why I moved here, bro. There are yeah. some people doing some groundbreaking, maybe ethically dangerous work, yeah. but they're doing it with hard-earned American and sometimes foreign-influenced dollars. Mm-hmm. And we have to be careful about that because mm-hmm. that's what's happening. Our, our, I'm sorry. I'm like ranting now. I'm sorry. It's I didn't good, mean man. to do that. But like, that's the thing I try to remind people. I'm a designer. 
my job is to come with a very specific opinion about how something should be used. And because as humans, we use tools. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to understand how they work. Mm -hmm. But think about the iPhone. It has no buttons anymore, bro. Yeah, that is because you're the person who decides what the tool can do now. Yeah. That's what's happened. Think about a hammer. Mm-hmm. That was the dumbest thing you could have designed to nail it. Like, throw. you want me to use my arm repeatedly <laughs> to bash a nail into a piece of wood? Here's a gun that'll do it with the speed of a thousand hammers. <laughs> oh, I'm dead man. serious, bro. Yeah, That's no, what design when is. When you think about shit like yeah, that, bro. like you, you need to have a mindset like that of like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah. This hammering action is Every dumb. Every day, this sawing so that's the curse. That's why I'm sometimes the most hardest person to love, the yeah, hardest yeah, person yeah, to be yeah. around because yeah. I sit every day in my mind going, why? Why is this inefficient? Why? Right. Yeah. Why? Yeah. And also going, no. Right. No. No. And then finally saying, Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Hey, iPhone with hey, no buttons. this is right. I understand. And there's no <laughs> other way that this could be right. And the thing is, like, when you can prove that you're right, that it sort of turns into, like, what design really is. A bunch of people trying to have the most clever idea of yeah. what they think is, again, the the most opinionated way of doing something. That's yeah. the, But that's not what art is. Right. Totally. Art's a mirror. Absolutely. Art's absolutely. a mirror. Without question. Yeah. An expression and a mirror. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, absolutely. And art and... Art, I saw this great Todd. You know Brian Eno? Yes. So I saw him talking. The God. Peace yeah. to the God. <laughs> I saw him speak in uh, Orange County a couple years ago, and he talked about, he used his whole talk, it was an hour or so, and he talked about the screwdriver, and you talk about the hammer, but he talked about the screwdriver, and how one end is all business, and the other end is, you can do whatever you want to it. So there's the the actual bit that drives the screws. And that needs to stay the same. It has to be a flathead or a Phillips head generally or a hex key or whatever to actually function. It's functional. And then the other side, the handle, you can make it like a pink rabbit's foot and it doesn't fucking matter. But that's the artistic side. And so art falls on the spectrum of that. Right. Of necessity. Yeah. Some think, art is, yeah. Nece- is necessary. Right. Some right. art is just a self-expression. That's cool, man. And right. there's there's no one's not better than the other. But it's just a funny line that that lies on. And we need to teach the future. And yeah. that, that's what we need. Like... Um, Actually, a couple of weeks ago, I was at Apple Park and I went there because I had to like pay my respects because uh, Steve Jobs passed away a couple of months back, you know, and then like uh, and then, you know, his birthday is also like around this time of year. So it's a really and I think a lot of people who work at Apple, like they were touched by him. And yeah. I found myself there, you know, catch up with some people, you know, see what like the new park is beautiful. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 one of those things where you're like i get it it's an office building but right. like it's fucking beautiful nice um but uh this is from an article written in wired uh august 29 2011 i'm going to read it because yeah. it's it's really what people miss about the things that are around them especially the things that they miss about the things that they're now holding in their hands or wearing on their body that are mm. very personal to them but i'm going to read it Uh, After introducing the iPad 2 in March, Steve Jobs offered one answer. It's in Apple's DNA that technology alone is not enough. It's technology married with the liberal arts, married with the humanities that yields us the results that make our hearts sing. And nowhere is that more true than these post-PC devices. The name of the article is Without Jobs as CEO, Who Speaks for the Arts at Apple? And think about what you're doing right now, bro. Hey, man. With your MacBook. Yeah, totally. With your iPhone every Absolutely. day. Absolutely. You speak for Absolutely. the arts at Apple, bro. Yeah. 
That's you. All right. Yeah, bro. That's your job. Because <laughs> every day you go out there, yeah. you, like you do these interviews yeah. and you are responsible for making art. Yeah, man. And if art's a mirror, man, you're doing exactly what art is. And if art's an expression, yeah. this project is an amazing expression of Thank your you. art, of your love. Thank you, man. You know? I appreciate and that's that. exa- you know, And of you trying to figure out what's important is like taking yeah. the journey yeah. and realizing it's not ever really been about the destination. Absolutely. Dude, thank you, man. I You're welcome. That. That, yeah, that dude. Means a lot. Absolutely, that means bro. A lot. Absolutely. So, um, I don't know how many questions I've asked. I don't know, bro. I've got, um, I, I may, I may never really have an answer. There's for no, you. Yeah. yeah. It's not about the answers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll do, uh, okay. Okay. So a new, a new thing that's been coming up a little bit lately. Yeah. Vulnerability. Yes. And especially when I have male guests. Mm. Um, I'm curious if you can, it's not really a question. It's more of a, a probe, but it's yeah. like, in what ways do you feel like you exhibit your vulnerability and then maybe some ways that you don't? Right. That's a good one. And that's something I'm working on right now in my life. Um, I grew up with a really stoic dad, mm-hmm. very, very, my, my pops like doesn't express emotion, <laughs> but he's an incredible, but when he jokes with you, mm-hmm. when he plays with you, he is this jovial, and he'll like tell you the deepest, darkest, like a ama- or even brightest. Yeah. He just, he, he has what I, I crave in life, a Zen like calm, I call it. Awesome. And like every day there could be chaos around him. But he has a zen-like calm. But that weird zen-like calm looks, especially my dad is, I'm taller than my dad. But like growing up, my dad was six foot two in my brain. Mm-hmm. And like, it, and it looked like being busy. And it looked like, you know, he was calm. But it looked like, you know, never having time for me sometimes. But like, um, I never really got, and he's the, like, and he was always around. Yeah. But he wasn't the kind of, but like to get him in that mode where he was going to let his guard down. And B, my dad was always kind of like, you know, with you, you know, when you got it. Yeah, yeah. So the reason I say that is like I'm a lot like my dad. Yeah. I'm not very vulnerable. And that's gotcha. mostly because like I tend to be one, a black man in America. Mm-hmm. And two, I work in a in a field where like I'm a black man in America and I have to be able to prove twice as hard that I'm right compared to like I don't know, whoever else it might be in the room, you know, sex, race, gender, whatever, be damned. So I'm learning now that like, as, as much as that I have a gift for empathy, I am a vault sometimes. Mm. And so I'm trying harder to like make space for myself mm. and the people around me and like also new people. So yeah. Cause I want to, I want to be inspired. I want, I think, you know, friction makes the work better yeah you know so like i i like bumping up against other good minds other good intellects other good types of creativity other expression other forms other functions and to do that though you have to like continue to be somehow open and like i i I definitely am a culprit of doing things to draw people in the glasses are not just for show (laughs) yeah of course they're definitely to draw you in the you know my my reference knowledge isn't just for show it's to draw you in I I very have you ever seen the movie Inception? Hell yeah! Fucking there you yeah. go. I love that movie. So a lot of what I do for a living, or I, I've learned to do in a living as a product designer, is like you know, 
I, I, you know, I create the world of the dream. Mm -hmm. I bring you into the world of the dream. Mm -hmm. And then we have a powwow, you know, maybe we'll do ayahuasca in the jungle. Who knows? (laughs) But like, I just want to know you, man. I don't, I want to know if you're on the level. I want to know if you're doing well. I want to know if you're helping out. If you're, you know, putting good vibes back into the universe, because we're seeing now that there's a lot of people who are not putting good vibes back into the universe and they're stealing from you, bro. And psychically, emotionally, and so it's hard to be vulnerable when like you can be hurt real bad out here. So we're learning though, but like that, I think we're trying to, and I think that's sort of the hard part. Everybody knows how hard it is to be vulnerable, but like nobody knows what it's like to be healed. Right. Yeah. Well, well said, man. Yeah, I have my moments, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we caught that. <laughs> Then the last question I have, yeah. and I ask the same of everybody. Absolutely. Um, what will you miss the most when you're gone? Bro, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Man, what will I miss the most when I'm gone? I think the thing I love the most in this world is that moment when, like, two people click with an idea. Mm. And whatever they're going to do next gets done. I don't really care about the thing. If it's baking a sandwich or like going to the mall, but like, or deciding, I don't really care. But like, there's a moment, like when I get that moment where like the two thing, like, cause up, like, cause words are not the things that we are talking about. Totally. And nothing happens in isolation. Totally. No object exists in isolation. So especially in my job, or my life, I'm constantly trying to convey or articulate something in my brain. And I'm trying to paint it with enough words, with enough pictures that you understand me without any, any flaw, any flaw. Right. So that there's no confusion so that there's no way if I let you do this next thing that like, you're not going to get it. So that moment when two people are just in alignment, like it's almost like the stars align. Bro. Absolutely. So, dude. I will miss that yeah. when I'm gone. I will miss that feeling of friction with yeah. another human being of that of that battle of two. It's like playing chess. Mm-hmm. I will miss the great struggle of like minds coming together to bring something to life yeah. that didn't exist before and was necessary and was it was meaningful and was going to help people and was going to change the very nature of reality. So those are the things that come out of it, but I'm going to miss that. Cause when I have that feeling that click, Oh God, it's like, it's your, you're like your heart goes a little faster. You yeah. pitter powder, you, you sweat a little, like there's an adrenaline rush. And I hunt for that feeling every day yeah. in something in any accomplishment with a human being. And so like when I'm gone, I'm going to, I'm going to miss that the most. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in. Check us out at fivequestions.me, the Apple Podcast Store, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and check out Gatamba at gatamba.com. Thanks for tuning in. Take care.